welcome to Cryptid Zone. Hey, what's up? A podcast about cryptids. That was a that was a really good like spooky intro voice you did that. I really liked it. Thank you, thank you. I feel like I'm I'm really trying to explore the like lower depths of how deep I can go. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm I'm liking it. Yeah, there's some there's some good tones going on there. <laughs> you were hitting like a kind of a I don't know a little bit of Vincent Price in there maybe. Mm, okay, okay, yeah, I'll take it. Just like a little bit of the. Just like the hello. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm loving that for you. <laughs> Thank you. I love it for me too. Um, oh yeah, I'm Lois Stone. By the way, that's me. <laughs> Hi, Lois. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Uh, this is where you say your name. Yeah, I know. I'm getting to it. God, I am a professional. <laughs> I know how to do this. Uh, uh, hi, I'm Jeremy Hughes. What's up? Yeah, uh, and today. We are going to be talking about The Beast of Bray Road. Hell yeah, Beast of Bray Road. This was a recommendation from a, or a suggestion from a couple people, right? Uh, yes, hold on, I can tell I you th- whom. From our beautiful fans. Just a note out there that uh, if you have a cryptid that you would like us to cover, you can just uh, shoot us a message and let us know. The list we have is very long, so we'll get to it in like probably 10 to 15 years. <laughs> but we will get to it. We like, will get they to do it. all go on the list. Uh-huh. Uh, so the Beast of Bay Road was suggested by Chloe on Twitter and also uh, Reggie Naus, uh both suggested this one. So thank you to you two. Thank for, you, friends. Yeah, we love we love that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like another Wisconsin one. I feel like we've had a, a couple of Wisconsin friends. We have had. I mean, it's like a hotspot for. I know there's a lot of lot of woods. There's mm-hmm. A lot of big cities in Wisconsin. I don't know. Yeah, I guess like a lot of hunters as well. Yeah, so so like, like a, people going into the woods. Right. Yeah, right, right. yeah. Which is prime. Um, yeah. So I have to say for this one, I did like a bit of internet research, not as much as usual, because I found a book. <sighs> we love a self-published book. We really do. Um, Incredible. Yes, and this is a very good one. Um, so I have many many things to report <laughs> from this book. I cannot wait. <laughs> um, I have my usual Monster Quest researched but you know i'm uh uh, well i was gonna say before we get into it proper i wanted to share something oh please do which is that just before we started recording i got a text from my brother who you know i've talked about before saying hey do you want to hear about the coolest spirit slash cryptid to live in my neighborhood (gasps) obviously yes i do yeah naturally and then almost simultaneously I got a video message from his girlfriend of a cloaked figure walking down the street, pulling a wagon with a stereo, uh, blaring "Rocky like a hurricane." It should be mentioned that there is a hurricane happening where they live right now. I um, I love that image. <laughs> so apparently, this is the mysterious spirit in their in their neighborhood nobody knows who it is and whenever there's a hurricane coming they walk around the neighborhood blaring hurricane related music wearing a cape more spirits uh, should have boom boxes <laughs> um yes a hundred percent and also i love that uh i have this reputation of people messaging me these things i should note that my brother and his girlfriend are not currently in the same place they like texted me about this independently it's just Um, a great reputation to have to like be the person people text about (laughs) ghouls yeah a hundred percent and also you know maybe this is like an enchanted spirit maybe this is just like a cool dude um either way i'm like very down with with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just a good energy to have in your life yeah i'm into it 
<laughs> so much. Um, yeah, also more hurricane-related music, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what what else. What other hurricane-related songs are we can't we can't do this? This is this is too much of a tangent. I was no. going to say I want this to be a tangent. No, episode, so but we uh, can't just... Rocky like a hurricane. At... <laughs> yeah, and then my brother said that one band of heathens song. I don't know what song that is. <laughs> we can't just um... go off on a tangent where we name songs that have hurricane in the name. Like that is too much. <laughs> um, well, if you're listening, just imagine them in your head if you know any hurricane songs. Yeah. Um, but anyway. That, that's the only tangent I'm bringing to the last episode. I started with, like, a very long tangent. We've just got a short one, and then we're actually going to talk about the Beast of Bray Road, like... Oh, are we, though? Yeah. Are we? <laughs> yeah, we are. Okay, all right. Yes. Fine. We have more tangents later. Don't worry about it. Okay, all right. That's fine. That's good. Uh... <laughs> um, so, when I started doing my internet research, one of the things that I found is there's this, like... So, for pretty much any cryptid particularly like north american ones like the farther down the rabbit internet hole the internet rabbit hole yep <laughs> i go the more likely i am to find nebulous references to possibly fake native american lore mm-hmm, 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 right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, like the yep. usually there's like main web pages and like unless it's a cryptid that's just like fully ripped from like a Native American story, yeah. they won't really mention something. But like the the smaller and small, like the more niche blogs you get into, the more likely it is to turn up. And I want to sort of like know, like if like if you were to chart this, like what's the line? You know, what's like chart it in terms of like like how where... how far down the internet rabbit hole, like how many links down you go, or like how many, but like what yeah, page like on Google? The, the, how far down you go? Yes like plotted against likelihood of nebulous claims of connection to native american lore okay and like what's where's that line like what's the precipice where it it like tips you know i I do know have you have you done any research into this or is this something no i okay i uh i can't do maths i moved to a new continent so that i would never have to do hard maths again so wait why did you have to leave the u.s to not do math because I didn't want to have to take any more math classes, and at an American university, they would have made me take at least one. I see. Okay. So, like, to... to and so... To avoid, like, Math 101, you literally moved, like, 4,000 miles. Yes. Okay. All right. I, I respect <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. That's dedication, baby. Truly. I think I just swallowed some juice <laughs> as I leaned into the mic, which probably wasn't a great experience for anyone. But here we are. Um, but yeah, so so anyway, um, the 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 one benefit to this is that to be Subway Road is that this isn't one where we're going to see like a lot of. I mean, at least for what I read, like a lot of mentions of like Native American lore. This is connected to this story. There's like a little bit of it. But yeah, I'll, I'll in Monster Quest Land. There's going to be a little bit. But nothing bad. Like again, it was. I think there was a past episode where I watched an early, early episode, like early on in the show's run, and was pleasantly surprised. And I think again, early episode and, and better vibes here. We'll get to it. Mm. But yeah, so the first like sighting that I sort of found when I first looked at it was 
1936. Um, and the Beast of Bray Road, obviously Bray Road is like a very specific place, is in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. I love also like the specificity of the name Bray Road, you know, like it's just, he's got his own, he's got an address, mm-hmm. you can send him post. So anyway, Elkhorn is like right at the bottom of Wisconsin, so about 300 miles from Rhinelander, a.k.a. Hodagtown, because mm-hmm. I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Not that far from you. Yeah, pretty close. I probably would have visited if we weren't in the middle of a, a situation. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put that on the on the list for things to do in the future. Post-situation, yeah. Yeah, when the future exists, mm-hmm. then... Road trip. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but there were like lots of sightings in the 1980s and 90s. Um, and what we've got, I I think, is like a is like a wolf dog beast situation. I, we need you know? we need to address this, right? Okay. Which is, I feel like everyone is just dancing around the. Like, this is just a werewolf, right? Okay, like, we don't see, need to waste time. This is a werewolf. The, this is it. Close the book. <laughs> I mean, like, lots of people do think it is a werewolf. Uh, I don't know. I'm open it to being whatever. It's just a werewolf, but probably a werewolf. Though. It's definitely, like, in the wolf family. It's just a werewolf. Well, like, where's where's the dude, you know? In the wolf! Yeah, That's but how like most work. of the time. Yeah, but werewolves are only like the wolf form, like a really small period. So like, yeah, where is he the rest of the when time? When the wolf is out, the the man's in the wolf. No, no, I mean the other days of the month. It's just a person. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But I want, I want more you information about. You want to know where the dude is? You want to yeah, know if there's a the human in Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, I know that there are humans in Wisconsin, but right. like generally speaking, but I want to know about the specific. It's just one. a werewolf. It's just a werewolf. I, okay, you know what? I'm I'm willing. I'm willing to be to be brought over. It's it's a werewolf though. Is the thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Maybe. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Please continue. Personal strife in the podcast. Um, yeah, but anyway, most descriptions are like probably bipedal, mm-hmm. really tall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly about seven feet tall, mm-hmm. two legs, mm-hmm. wolf-like, mm-hmm. brown or gray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're very, like, pro-werewolf. You just described a werewolf to me. I mean, have you met werewolves? Do you know for sure? (sighs) No. (laughs) So, So this is, like, based on, like, the media perception of werewolves, you know? I don't know. I feel like we... Do we need to have a debate about what a werewolf is? No, I'm just causing strife for for fun. <sighs> it's just a werewolf. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I mean, I like the werewolf idea better than there's like other people who, you know, we've, we've have like very standard, like, oh, it could be a wild dog or like a prehistoric dog or like some sort of weird wolf dog, which are trash theories. I'd much rather it be a werewolf. Um, and then there's also like the theory that it could be a mass hysteria, which is, I hate, no, absolutely not that. Um, but interestingly that this did happen at around the same time as the Michigan dog man. However, where the dog man was seen was about 300 miles away from Alcorn. So there's sort of these sightings of these creatures that like look sort of similar, um, and are happening at the same time, but the people in Elkhorn and um, in Michigan hadn't heard of each other's stories when, like, when it was happening. Right, but again, if it's a werewolf, then you can just drive from one to the other. What about two werewolves? Two werewolves also works. It could be a f- Related family of werewolves. werewolves. Yeah. Yeah, you know how in in Buffy, uh, Oz gets turned by his cousin. Right, it's the same deal. S- yeah, so somebody went to go visit to like the family reunion and then got bit and then like mm-hmm. came back home. Any of these uh, plausible explanations? The important yeah. thing is they're all werewolf explanations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You know what? I I'm I'm willing for uh, for it to be a werewolf. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to hear about this book? Yes, please. Okay, so this this one. We love a self-published book on this podcast. You know this. I know this well. Yes. This one, different tone than any of the other ones that I've read. So this, it's called The Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin Werewolf by Linda S. Godfrey from 2003. So Linda Godfrey is the reporter that like first reported about the stories of um, The Beast and it's so the book's really interesting because she tell, talks about the stories and then sort of talks about like the story sort of taking off and, and taking on this life. And then just some sort of like fun lore from around the world that she sort of just like collected over the years. Okay. Um, Seems like a good time. Yeah. And so it's it's really fun as well because she's, she's not like a really hardcore cryptozoologist, but she has – personally interviewed pretty much everybody who's claimed to have a sighting in the region and is sort of of the mind of like okay like i don't know what this thing is but like but these are like credible witnesses like people saw something and that they're not just like making it up for funsies right right right. which uh i think is really fun but she has sort of ended up like connecting with a bunch of cryptozoologists sort of over time. So like the forward to the book is written by our friend Lauren Coleman. Nice. Yeah. And uh just like a bunch of really cool stuff. So if if we want to get into that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive uh, in. Yeah. Okay, so Linda was a reporter or like she was just working for like a small town free daily newspaper sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And got a call from like a local bus driver that people were talking about sightings of this thing and didn't really like 
think much of it. Like, okay, there's something weird happening in the woods. But people, sort of stuff kept coming in about it. And then Linda ended up talking to um, somebody at, like, animal control. And they were like, oh, yeah, we've been getting calls about something. And so they had, like, a file of these calls. And because like a local government agency had an official file about these sightings, it was considered to be like a legitimate story. I see. Um, so, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like a front page, like, woohoo, whatever. Um, it was like page 10 space filler. Hey, there's like something weird happening. Mm-hmm. But then the story sort of like, got picked up and sort of got picked up nationally almost as like a fluke where like essentially bigger and bigger newspapers were looking for space fillers and being like, Hey, this is a weird thing. Right. So sort of the trajectory of the story actually is really similar to me as what we were talking about, about um, the sort of like wolf creature in France right? where it's just sort of like this story being replicated and replicated and replicated until it gets, um, Real crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Monster Quest actually references the the beast conversation we had and compares it to, um, yeah. I'm at least as smart as the people who work on Monster Quest. Yeah, we knew this already. <laughs> so I'm going to jump around a little bit before I go into the settings because I want to talk about like the story growing right Mm -hmm. so one of the things that happened was that the story ended up getting put into like one of those magazines that's on airplanes right like in the back of the chair love it and a producer like a film producer ended up reading it and was like hey this would make a good film Mm -hmm. so uh linda godfrey was approached to write a screenplay for a film about the Beast of Bray Road in the 1990s, right? Incredible. Hold on. I've written down that there's a quote that I I should mention. Hold on. 1990s. Okay, okay, okay. So, so essentially she admits that the first draft was absolute trash, but it says, um, okay, but the screenplay was actually sent to Will Smith, uh, who at the time was trying to get into films because he's obviously had been on TV and he had recently put out a rap song called Then She Bit Me. And then Linda Godfrey wanted to use it as the theme song. <laughs> this is like Men in yeah, Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like, like pre-Men in Black. Black. Mm-hmm. Right, so he never called back. But then <sighs> uh, she had, she did another draft of the screenplay and then it sort of started getting into like initial production and they had a a potential person to play the beast. Are you ready? I'm ready. Mick Fleetwood <gasps> of Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> um, I'm so sad for the, the future point. we could have had. <laughs> right, but they like got far enough that she met. Mick Fleetwood and they did all these photos and made like a mock-up of what the the beast mask would like would look like for him why why did they choose oh god Robin oh hello she wants to be part of yeah she's like all over the microphone she says I heard you're talking about ferocious beasts yeah and here is one may I interest you in me she's fucking with the microphone 
Oh my god, she's literally like kicking the microphone across the desk. Robin, can you not do that? <laughs> hey. Hi. Just a little cat break here. This is a segment called Jeremy Speaks Softly to Robin. Hey. Okay, we're done. No, we're not. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, we're just going to have to accept some microphone noises as we continue because Roman is just chilling out like on the microphone and pushing it around the desk. Um, let me see. I'm just she... going to check my levels and see it, what the what the impact on audio is. Okay, I think we're good. I think we can live with this. Um, nice. Cool. Carry on. Continue. Um, right. Yeah. So anyway, so there's like there is a reality where um, where McFleetwood was starred as the Beast of Bray Road in a film. I really want to live in that world. Yeah. Where we have Will Smith versus McFleetwood. Right. Like I, it would have been. A lot of fun, I think, uh, and we can mm-hmm. we can mourn for that world. Yeah. So anyway, the film ended up never getting made. I'm sorry to say. So yes. Yeah, so anyway, so the film didn't get made, but there's been like lots of lots of sightings. But what I love is that our friend Linda just sort of like shares lots of just like lore from all over the world, and was like, "What if we just thought about it this way?" And I'm like. Linda, I agree with you. I love that. Interestingly, she, a couple places, pulls in biblical references, which I feel like we haven't really seen a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. So she talks about, like, hellhounds for a little bit. Nice. Um, so there's a, a, a sighting from the 1930s, maybe not of the beast, but of, of something on the grounds of a covenant, uh, a con- sorry, con- convent nearby. Woo. I, t- I need to check my own handwriting. Um, the convent is incidentally where Rosemary Kennedy lived after her botched lobotomy. So that's just great, like a little bit of a, a fun little, little thing. bit of a fun trivia there, yeah. But anyway, this this uh, like groundskeeper saw this beast that's like half spoke and multiple syllables, but like not like a language. And the person reported that it sort of made this sort of like um, ga da ra thing right Right. so then linda talks about how so hellhounds appear in european folklore um and and she posits maybe it could have been saying gadara which is a place in ancient judea where jesus exercised a demon so that's that's fun that is fun i like that i feel like we need more jesus stuff in general yeah yeah and then she she brings up um another one uh, sort of later on in the book, where, uh, hold on, where did I write this one down? These are my notes, but like, who wrote them? You know, <laughs> I do know. <laughs> hey, Robin. Here we go. Okay, so there was uh, some sightings in two thousand and two in Hebron, Hebron, uh, which is about 40 minutes north of Elkhorn. Okay. Um, and 
So Linda says, some people think that similarly named geographical locations are no accident, but serve some sort of cosmic or otherwise unidentifiable purpose. Ooh, I love uh, that. Which is like a cool idea. Mm-hmm. So Hebron is a place in Old Testament Judah uh, and is home to a well-known oracle and the guardian tribe of uh, the shrine in Hebron uh, were dogmen. Okay, okay. So, Yeah. Um, but I, I do like this idea that there's, like, a connection of name place. It feels very, like, like American gods, but, like, place names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is very cool. I like it. I like the, like, historical tie-in. And mm-hmm. I know, I just love the idea of, like, satanic dog people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there's, like, lots of stuff where it's, like, this is just kind of weird. So she talks about how there were... That there were a couple of farmers near Elkhorn who found these buried, like, carved stones that look like they're part of pillars Mm -hmm. that have wolf heads on the side, sort of like in cathedrals. Um, But nobody knows why they're there, like, why they were buried in Wisconsin. Dog cathedral. (laughs) Dog cathedral. I love that. Cathedral built by dogs for dogs. Yes. Well, I mean, the the dogmen of Hebron in the Bible were guarding a shrine, so... Right. The Bible was actually talking about Wisconsin. <laughs> Finally, Wisconsin uh, gets a shout out in the Bible. This is getting very close to Mormonism. We can't, <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> I, if I want to invent Mormonism for dogs, I will. Okay. <laughs> Try and stop me. You can't. You're right. I can't. I can't. If you want to do that, that's that. Yeah. Joseph Smith, come at me. I will fight you. (laughs) Oh, amazing. (laughs) Okay. What are some other, some other fun, tasty morsels from this book? So there's just some, some other sightings. Uh, She gives a couple stories of, like different film crews and stuff in various periods. And she makes a, a, a fair point that like a lot of times these various programs have inaccuracies, but the inaccuracies are like on the part of the producer. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think like obviously here we talk about these programs like a lot. Obviously we have a segment and the criticisms that we have are on like the production side. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just like a nice reminder as well that when people agree to like give their testimony, I don't know, just to remember to like particularly have um some sort of like grace towards them. Right, right, right. Um because they're not normally trying to pull anything over. Yeah. What really struck me generally as I was reading through this is that there's not like an iconic sighting. Right, right, right. It's not like there's the one that kicked things off. It's just like a slow accumulation over time. Yeah, yeah, and and just sort of, like, in the area where it's, like, decades and decades of just sort of, like, weird stuff happening. Right. It's just, like, a general vibe. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, Now, she does have a chapter where she sort of talks about... Well, she she talks about, like, lots of different stuff in the area, so there's a lot happening in this one chapter. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, she talks about reports of a wild man in the area in the 1920s who was captured... He couldn't speak English. People thought maybe he was speaking Russian, 
which was a bit weird because like there were European settlers in the area, but none of them were Russian. So like, where did he come from? And also, why did they guess Russian? And there were like a couple other reports uh, of wild men. I should be clear, these are like hairy men stealing from settlers, but like these are not racist stories. Okay. It's not like we caught a native person, it's a wild man. Like this is like a European settler who has become feral. I see, I see. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and then like lots of reports of them just like screaming in the woods, relatable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like if I could get away with just screaming in the woods full time, I would. I think you could. Thank you. If you wanted to, you could you could make that happen for yourself. Yeah, I think I just um I think what's like really getting in my way is that this this island that I'm living on doesn't really have like backwoods. You know? Yeah, or oh, they do, but they're hard to get to. Well, no, so I like I, I had a friend who moved to Oregon and became like a backwoods like camp guide and there's like there's like a definition of backwoods and it's like how long it would take to get to a hospital by helicopter and it includes like helicopter time out to you and mm-hmm. back right and it's like a couple hours either way and i don't feel like yeah you can't that would happen anywhere on you, britain <laughs> you're right you're right yeah so there are like rural places but like backwoods um i mean you decided but anyway, in this chapter hmm. you made the choice to go there I did make this choice. I traded maths for not being able to scream in the woods full time. Was it worth it? I, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, yeah, so uh, anyway, so in this chapter, she also goes into this some stories from this fur trader from the 19th century called George Nelson, who uh, like recorded Native American lore that he heard. And... Like, Linda does take the time to say, like, look, people studying weird animals love to just pull from Native American lore. And, like, like I know that I'm sort of doing that right now. But, like, they have their own history and we can't just pick and choose what we want. Right. And also, when she sort of brings stuff up, she's like, look, I don't like know a lot about th- that the culture that I'm speaking from. And it's sort of, like, very clear that she is like pulling from this this guy's like account of what stories he told if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. which i think is like a fairly f- fair thing so it's it's not that like trying to give legitimacy from pulling from these myths but just like hey this is just like an interesting thing right right, right. and who 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 are we to not want to just share interesting things <laughs> that that we have heard of yeah, 100%. And so the the only sort of thing that I want to pull from the sort of stuff that she gets from this George Nelson's sort of accounts of Native American lore is um, sort of in this chapter, she talked about wild men, and then she talks about, like, European stories of wild men, and, like, European... And she does talk about European stories of werewolves and stuff. But there's this quote from George Nelson's native guide where he apparently not very nonchalantly said that um they're they had these like hairy heart beings which are sort of these dog wolf people but then like very nonchalantly was like oh yeah there's two nations of them one of them here and one of them overseas whoa (laughs) so like i do love the idea that there's just like like two communities of werewolves yeah you know just like (laughs) 
Right, and especially if it's like American small town that's just like werewolf town. It's like the um, yeah. pumpkin town from Over the Garden Wall. That's skeletons, except instead of yeah. skeletons, it's uh, it's werewolves. Yeah, and they're, and they're just, just like, chilling yeah. out. Yeah, and then they're like, yeah, we know we have these cousins like ages away. Like, we're, like mm-hmm. we're not up in their business. We're not up in theirs, but like we know about it. Right, we're chill. Yeah. So I that I I liked that. Yeah, like international werewolf relations is fun. Um, she also at one point shares a story of uh, a were dog from the Virgin Islands, where it says that to stop were dogs from attacking you, you should leave ninety nine grains of corn near where they travel, because they'll have a compulsion to steal the one hundredth grain and hide it. But because there is no one hundredth grain, they'll just get distracted looking for the hundredth one. I see, and then they won't come and attack you which is interesting because that's like a deep thing in where in, sorry in vampire lore is that they love to count things and so if you want like a vampire to stop chasing you you should like drop a bunch of rice and then they will be overcome by the need to count all of the grains of rice i have get away. never heard that about vampires that's that, that's like a deep lore okay all right clearly you're like deeper into it they did not mention that on buffy yeah uh they should have yeah just like all the vampires are like Got the abacuses. The counting thing, I think, like, is is of that same thing of, like, where uh, vampires, like, can't cross running water, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like that that realm of vampire lore. Interesting. Okay. I love the, the universe where being a vampire just means you end up becoming an accountant. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it makes it love counting. Uh, you could be inside all the time. Right, right, right. Um, and because you're inside all the time, you got kind of like a weird complexion. That's expected. Yeah. What if accountants are just vampires? I would not be surprised. Okay. All right. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna add that to my that. pin board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so anyway, so th- those are I think the biggest stories uh, and things I wanted to pull out from this book. The the main points are uh, like I said. There's not really, like, an iconic sighting. And also, there's just, like, a lot of weird stuff happening in Wisconsin. There's just, like, all of these sightings. None of them were quite the same, but there were just, like, lots of of people seeing weird things and stuff coming into people's gardens and chasing people's cars as they drive down country roads. The, the beast has never, like, killed a person or hurt a person. It's, like, attacked cars, but, like, that's sure. You know? Right. If, if, you're, if you're a beast living in the wood, you don't know that there's a person in there. Is is the is it that there is like one beast that is causing all this these sightings, mm. or is it more like Wisconsin is just like a paranormal nexus, just like all the ley lines point there? Yeah, well, this is a point that Linda brings up that like um, there could be more than one beast, but also it might not even be the same like kind of beast. So maybe like there is a werewolf, but maybe there's also like a mangy bear, right? You know. Because it is like, a, we're talking about decades and decades and decades of sightings. Right. Yeah, so there could be like, I think that there's just like a lot of weird stuff going on in Wisconsin. I mean, I do not disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's where what I've got for you. That's really cool. I'm very interesting. Thank you for doing the deep book dive. It sounds like a good book. What's it called again? It's Oh, it's called The Beast of Bray Road. Uh, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf by Linda S. Godfrey. And it's it's just like a fun, pleasant read. And Linda seems like she'd be really nice to hang out with. And it's like decent size as well. Yeah, it's like... Most it's like, of the paper, self-published paperbacks I buy are like small. Um, 
or the ones that I have are like upsettingly large. Yeah, one of the two. Like, why is it this big? Right. But um, this is just like a sensible book length, and she's got photos of like people, and also she was originally a cartoonist, so she has drawings that she's done, and uh, it looks like it's like really nice. typeset well as well, which is not yes. always something you yeah. get with these kinds of books. Nice, good font. So would recommend. Great. Thank you, Linda, for all of your work over the many years. Yeah, amazing. Thanks, Lois. Yeah. Um, do we want to check in with Monster Quest? I think we do. Check it with Monster Quest. Okay, all right. This is, like I said, another early episode. Um, I enjoyed it. I kind of just, usually I'm taking really detailed notes um, as I'm watching Monster Quest. I'm on vacation right now, so as I watched this one, I was just kind of vibing through it. Nice. Yeah, it was really good. I actually enjoyed it a lot. One thing I'll say is the this is this is called um, what's it called? Uh, American Werewolf is the name of the episode, and and like you said, it it covers Beast of Bray Road and also the Michigan Wolf, mm. and like lumps them in together. Uh, it's an early one. I think it's season one, episode like thirteen or fourteen or something. My very first note, which informed everything I wrote afterwards for this episode, was this is just a werewolf. Um, <laughs> We know well what my what my feelings on this matter are. Mm-hmm. Just a werewolf, um, which is like cool. Like I don't want to diminish the werewolf by. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Is I'm like, okay, take take it to the bank. Like science sealed delivered. I'm werewolf, um, and uh, just a lot of really good reconstructions in this episode. Nice. Um, a lot of really good, very funny recreations of like a couple driving across a dark bridge at night and stopping the car and just seeing like a cgi werewolf looking at them as it jumps over and they're just like sat there frozen staring at this wolf and the wolf is staring at them and they're like having a moment um and like other stuff there's a great one of three three people like walking through the woods and they see the wolf and then one of them's like oh my god and then they just turn around and like do a dainty little hop over a log it's very cute i like it a lot uh, <laughs> i recommend this episode just for the for the really good reconstructions the actors they hired top tier Mwah, love it mm. just like great great energy i think i another thing i really liked about this uh, or hmm, i don't know if liked is the right word um like you said, like there's been a lot of sightings over the years. There's no like one sighting of the Beast of Bray Road that's like, okay, this is the one that like sparked it and everything else has just led on from that. It's more like mm-hmm. there are a lot of different smaller sightings, a lot of people who were like, yeah, I saw this thing that I can't explain. Like I stopped my car, I saw the wolf. I like looked at the wolf and the wolf looked at me. Um, uh, in that moment, we fell in love. Um, not that last part. Um, but, no, uh, I mean, actually, a lot of the the like sightings do really talk about like the really intense gaze. So maybe the wearable fist trying to find love. Right. The eye contact is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. That that could be what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, love a pair of soulful eyes. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what this is. But um. One of the things they do to like test the veracity of all of these statements is they get a bunch of people, a bunch of um, people who saw it together, and just give them all polygraph tests. Um, hmm. And I don't know. I have a few questions about the polygraph tests. So, spoiler alert: um, this guy 
the polygraph man asks them questions, asks them if they're being honest about seeing what they saw. And they're all like, yes, I saw it. Um, and, uh, and all of them come back, um, with polygraph tests that like confirm what they're saying. No one comes back and is reported as being lying. Mm. Um, but I have questions about this, right? Because so firstly, in the clip where he's interviewing a woman who has claimed to have seen the claimed to have seen the Beast of Bray Road, one of the control questions he asks her is, "Before this year, did you ever consider lying to avoid embarrassment?" And she immediately is like, "No." And I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you've never lied to avoid embarrassment. Yeah. Never? In your life? That's not right. Yeah. Also, just like the concept of like having a lie detector about like what people think they've seen. Right. Uh, this is something they acknowledge in the in the show is like, yeah, maybe they just saw, you know, they believe they saw what they saw, but but you know, they could be mistaken about what they saw. Yeah, the thing that uh, they acknowledge. There's there's a thing um, that actually I didn't mention from the book, but but Linda talks about this story about so, sort of to this point about people like believing what they see, but not really knowing what they're looking at. Because um, so it has the story from. A nearby town in 1911 where these two women were by a lake and they saw this like creature and they said it looked like a sort of like sea serpent with a horse's head that was like bobbing up and down the water right but it turned out that it was actually a horse that had decided to swim across the lake and had gotten trapped in some reeds and so was like literally bobbing up and down right and so like the body coming up and down did look like a sea serpent and it was literally a horse. But I'm sure if you interviewed those women to be like, did you see a sea serpent? They would be like, yes, I did. Right, right. The question that that he asks this woman to confirm is, are you lying about seeing those upright, hairy creatures by that creek? And she's like, no. So it's not really a beast of railroad thing. She's just acknowledging that she saw upright, hairy creatures, which is like, that could be anything. Yeah. So yeah, right, like, all, they, all this confirms is they believe what they saw. They aren't, like, intentionally lying about it. And uh, there are a few other fun... Uh, another hunter described what he saw as, uh, again, a hairy, upright creature, and specifically notes that he saw the back, buttocks, and legs. So basically he saw a hairy ass in the woods. And was like, um, that's a man. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a monster man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and another thing from the polygraphs is is he specifically said when he was like going through, they do this really dramatically in the show where he's like going through each of the people one by one um, and is saying like there was no deception indicated to the relevant issue. And he like goes through one by one. Instead of just being like, yeah, they all tested positive, they like drag it out and go one by one naming all these people. And then he mm. says, no deception indicated to the relevant issue. And the fact that he says to the relevant issue – Makes me want to know what irrelevant things they were lying about. Like, I want to know this the, also. That's the real gossip. Yeah. Right. Who I'm was like, lying about never it's, lying it's okay. to <laughs> prevent embarrassment? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> that, like, yeah. 
Like I said, I don't believe that for a second. But then, like, if that's your baseline and you think they're lying on it, then how can you trust anything? I have so many questions here. But I just love the idea that it's like, yeah, it checks out. She she says she saw this monster. Uh, would Would you ever do a polygraph? Um. See, my thing is, I have zero faith in polygraphs at all. I don't think they're reliable. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, if it was. For something inconsequential, then sure. If it was for something I cared about, then probably not, just because I'm like, I don't trust this thing at all, and I don't know what the impl- like there could be implications to this thing indicating I had said or did something that oh, I didn't. Oh, no, 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 not, not you know like I mean? a any way that it would be like held up in a court of law, but in like a, um, <laughs> in like a, let's find out what the goss is. I, I, Right, I worked very hard to cover up those murders I did. And I'm not about to. Uh, I'm not oh, about no, no. to. This to would all go be stuff where it'd be like. Entirely. No, no, this this would be entirely personal questions meant to stir up drama. Um. <laughs> sure, you know what? Why not? I'd do it. I'm I'm saying this now because there's no way anyone can hold me to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. How about you? Um. I think if it was a fun bonding thing, I'd do it. Yeah. That's a great, like, uh, I don't know, like, you go out on your, like, uh, bachelorette party or something. <laughs> be like, this is what I've got planned. We're all doing a polygraph. Let's implode our friendships. Oh, that would be, oh, that would be so messy. <laughs> I I would not want to, like, be a bachelorette, but I'd want to be at that party. You know what I mean? Yep. 100%. Like, if someone was like, do you want to come and watch a bunch of bachelorettes you don't know? take polygraphs i would be like absolutely i do this is like a, when and where this is a gold star reality tv show idea <laughs> it really is like we'll pay for your dream bachelorette party if you'll let us stir up drama with a bunch of polygraph tests <laughs> if yeah 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 uh tm tm uh <laughs> copyright yeah this yeah idea. this is our idea if you're, uh, if you're an exec and, you're, exec and you're listening to this then uh we we want the kickbacks Tell and us. also EP credits. Yeah, we do. Um, and also to be there in the mm-hmm. room when it happens. Um, <laughs> Please. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just Yeah, I, and we promise we'll be on set. We'll be really quiet. Uh-huh. And when something dramatic happens, we'll be like, yo, instead of yelling it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that the take is preserved. Yeah, we won't shriek or anything. I just love the idea that these people came in for this interview. <laughs> Um, for this TV show, and it's like, well, their story about the Beast of Bray Road checks out. They're definitely being honest about that. I'm pretty sure they're cheating on their husband, but uh, that's not relevant. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else in the show? It was, it's a great one. Um, oh, uh, we talked earlier about um, Native Americans, and again, this this reflects something I said about an early episode before as well, which is they very briefly have some discussion of indigenous folklore, but it's they actually talk to an indigenous person for it. So I like don't feel mm. it's not like a white person talking about it at length. It's just this guy called David Walks as Bear, who is very briefly saying, like he basically is like it's impossible to say anything that isn't super general because every nation's folklore is different. But like in general, like mm-hmm. this kind of spirit is like a trickster. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to shout that out because it's always nice to see TV shows 
doing even the bare minimum. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, like nice job. What else? There was a guy who saw one of the people who saw the beast. Um, and like in like a, have you seen Hereditary the show? Not the show, the movie. Have you seen Hereditary you the movie? N- no, that I haven't. Okay, all right. Um, well, the because you know I can't watch spooky things. Ah, uh, I, I would love to watch spooky movies with you one time, just to just to watch you be uncomfortable. You have seen this. Which movie? We watched the thing. Together. Oh yeah. Ah, happy memories. And I, I made you tell me about it in advance so that I could look up the plot on Wikipedia so I wouldn't be too spooked. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. We did do that. That was a while ago. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, Tony Collette is the star of the movie Hereditary. It's a great horror film. I really recommend it. It's one of my favorites. It's like a creepy ghost story, like possession story type thing um, that is all about like family trauma and like family drama and... It's all about her and her relationship with her mother and her relationship with her family. Um, And like something really fucked up and bad happens towards the um, start of the film. But um, Toni Collette's whole deal is she's an artist who deals in like making miniatures, like dioramas. Cool. And there's like some points in the movie where she is like processing her trauma around this really awful thing that's happened by like making dioramas of it in a way that is really like creepy and gross and upsetting, like recreating the scene of an accident in a way that is very graphic and um, mm. bad. Um, and I kind of thought of this watching the show, because there's this guy who uh, had seen the the Beast of Bray Road, and had obviously he was like, I made eye contact with it. Again with the eye contact, he's like, I looked, I looked at it, and like that image is like burned into my brain. So he created this like puppet, of the Beast of Bray Road, that's like this dog with human hands mm. that is like a, a like a puppet on s- strings, so it moves. But he was like, he basically was like, I needed to to like process and get the image of this thing out of my head. I made this really detailed puppet of it, um, which was creepy and and I don't know, kind of cool in a way. I want to see the puppet. It looked very. I'll, I'll send you a link. I'll, I'll try and remember to post out a link to the part of the show on social media so people can see it but i don't know i just saw that and i was like um, yeah no i like that shout out to you for like making this thing to like work through your your like wolf drama oh yeah i thought that was cool um i uh i think that's mostly it for monster quest there are a lot of statues that like chewbacca of like wolf people that they showed. I was like, there are a lot okay. of old stone chewies all over the place. Greg Bambanak came back. He's a, he's someone we've mentioned before. He's been in other monster quests. He's like a psychologist slash scientist. Um, he thinks it's mass hysteria. So like, I'm not buying that. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it for monster quest. I think it, like, again, like a very good, like chill, good vibes episode. Nice. Like there was no very little, like, old white dudes just like walking around in camo in the woods like there was some of that but like mm-hmm. i enjoyed the level of campy reconstructions and also the um the polygraph stuff was neat so yeah a plus good good show also yeah the fact that they weren't like we're gonna catch it now right yeah right, right yeah they never they never tried to do that in this yeah. one which i really appreciated i feel like that's the thing they lean on a lot more later on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in these early episodes, they're a, a lot more happy to just like be chill about it. Check it with Monster Quest. Would you like some questions? I'd love some questions. Hit me with the questions. Okay, so we've got uh, okay, so we've got just a couple. So from Twitter, Lawrence O'Connor says. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the localization of reported sightings to a certain area may show that, through isolation or other environmental factors, the beast of Bray Road might be a creature resulting from speciation? Which one's speciation again? That, like, a species is created. So, like, that it's, like, a new species that is emerging because of, like, particular environmental factors. So, so it's essentially speciation is how, like, a species becomes its own species. So it's it's the moment that it plops off of the like genetic tree, right? Well, if we're saying that this is a werewolf, then no, because like werewolves are its own thing, and also I don't think werewolves are technically cryptids because they're humans. Yeah, and weird humans are not cryptids; they're just cool dudes. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like like it's possible that like a wolf or a dog ended up in a specific place and like what evolved into more of a bipedal human-like situation mm. like it's possible but also like they weren't forcibly isolated into a specific place right it's not like galapagos island style that's true there is like a boundary which keeps everyone in the keeps that species localized in a single place like in a are you telling me that animals don't respect state borders i'm telling you that animals don't respect state borders and neither should people. What? Yeah, borders are fake. Did you know? What? Yeah, borders not a real thing. What? I'm learning so much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like they like they haven't been forcibly isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's an environmental factor there. Maybe it's just really chill in the woods, and so they just <laughs> stay there and, and vibed and evolved into legged people. I think that's perfectly plausible and possibly even likely, but... We all know that my my heart lies with the werewolf situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like maybe maybe this specific town people evolved into werewolves. Like that could could have happened. Charles yeah. Darwin probably would have been on board with that. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm going to say. What about you? I mean, yeah, I'm 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 down with that. Yeah, because I think particularly if you're talking about like, um, I mean, we're talking about like a community of people who have come from europe which as we know is full of werewolves uh-huh. and so it would also sort of make sense like uh, how do i put this that there's like these communities aren't huge right so like descendants stick around in like a way that's like very easily traceable so it would make sense that like right. s- somebody sort of came over and has passed the werewolf gene down you know yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, Lawrence sent another message as well. That uh, All of you make my days much better outside of baseball, which is just a nice compliment. Yeah. Speaking um, of baseball, I come join our, um, you know, Discord. Yeah, we have Discord server. It's very fun and chill. Um, we'll post the link when we post the episode if people yeah. want to join. It's and like people talk fun. about it. Chill mm-hmm. time. Um, um, and also you're welcome that I decided not to go down the baseball rabbit hole on this show because I genuinely could go for an hour. Thank um, you, that's a different But broadcast. I care about you all too much. 
Um, thank you. Uh, yeah. Okay. So then anyway, we have also a message from, uh, Salsaverse who says the beast of Bray Road is one of the cooler sounding cryptids. If you were to film a hoax dogman movie, what would you call it? Um, Ooh, this is a good question. Mm-hmm. What about you? Okay. You so a hoax thing? dogman movie, is that one where like people are faking that there's a dogman? Um, I feel like it is more like a Blair Witch Project where it's presented as a real dogman film. I see. So it's not like a Scooby-Doo situation. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, you could interpret it either way. I think that's just how I interpreted it. Because mm. I have to say, like, I know that this wasn't the question, but I would have really loved there to be like a Beast of Bray Road, like Scooby-Doo direct to DVD animated film you know like that that era where they had like the one with the hex girls Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the the one where they went inside of video games yeah like i feel like that era would have really suited i think there was one with the werewolves but it was in well what would your scooby-doo louisiana video animated beast of Bray road movie be called um i don't know uh i don't I, i don't know uh, let me think about it. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you think about it. Yeah, I don't know. I I like the for like a for like a Blair Witch style like found footage hoax dogman movie. I like the idea of just calling it Night Dog. Night Dog. Okay, I actually I can really see this as like um you know, it like premieres at sort of like a smaller, like horror festival right? sort of thing. Like right. it's got that sort of vibe to it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Right. And like, you can, you can imagine the, the poster to Night Dog is just like a pitch black or like maybe like a really deep dark blue. Yeah. With, uh, with stars, like the night sky stars, but then there's like the silhouette of a dog's head is like blocking out the stars. Mm. It's just like two glowing eyes. And then at the yeah. top it says night and at the bottom it says dog. And it's just called night dog. Yeah, and then like the font is like that that effect where it's it's like white, but it's like been dimmed a little bit. And maybe there's like a uh-huh, couple cracks uh-huh. across some of the letters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, night dog. Yeah. Um, night dog. I feel like my Scooby-Doo film would just have like a really stupid thing where it'd be like scooby-doo and the werewolf's woods or something you know because they've all got that sort of vibe Mm -hmm. yeah just like classic simple yeah um i hope those were good answers okay we have a bunch of questions on discord do we want to do something (gasps) yeah come join our discord we have so much fun there let's see okay luke perry um asks is there a beast of abbey road and if so would the beast of bray road be friends with it um, well, I mean, we did say that there were, like, different, you know, groups of these werewolves. So there, maybe there's a beast of Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. Would they be friends? Paul, Paul McCartney is a werewolf. Or Paul McCartney is a werewolf. That, yeah. Yeah. I'm down. I agree. Yeah. I, th- I think that's it. If you if you shine um, the, uh, the, the album cover of Abbey, Abbey Road under a black light, Paul McCartney is just a werewolf. <laughs> this is the the real conspiracy everybody's been examining the records for the wrong clues right like all this time and no one has thought to just put one of these under a black light it's been there the whole time <laughs> yeah like you you won't believe like the printing cost to be able to like run that ink on the on the vinyls you yeah know? 
<laughs> yeah, and they're just there like, God fucking damn it, decades and no one noticed. Like, we put all our money into nothing. But we knew. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. Um, and yeah, I think the Beast of Road and Paul McCartney are friends. Yeah, um, yeah. Eldritch asks, who would the Beast vote for in the presidential election, knowing that Wisconsin is a swing state? Do you think that the Beast gets proper enrichment and is fed and happy living near the road? Does the Beast do zoomies? I don't know what a zoomie is. So, you know, like, uh, when your, like, pet gets possessed by a demon for about 10 minutes and is like, I'm going to do parkour. Oh, is that what that's called? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, Robin gets the zoomies something fierce. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Cats often do, like, the post-poop zoomies, you know? Yeah, yeah, she she gets into the litter box and then she like comes out of the litter box at full speed. <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah, it's true. So okay, so reg- regarding uh, the how would the beast vote? There was a thing in this book about um, in 1993 that a uh, person running for oh it was a Republican state representative. Um, put out like a little jokey uh, press release saying that the Beast endorsed him for state representative. Hmm. So, and then his his the uh, the the opponents were like, "Bro, you can't just do that. Like, prove that the Beast would vote Republican." Um, and then they put out like another little jokey thing uh, that had a, a quote from the werewolf saying, I want a congressman who can address the beastly issues we're facing. Um, yeah. If there's one thing Republicans uh, are known for, it's like standing up for people who don't look like them. <laughs> um, I, but I, I read this and was like, the beast wouldn't vote Republican. Um, so the beast would vote Democrat, but would understand that um, mainstream Democratic Party doesn't really stand for very much. You know, yeah. Vote for vote for the vote for Democrat as like a uh, harm reduction strategy. Also recognize that um, grassroots organizing in the years to come is going to be important, even if the Democrats win. Oh, 100 percent, and it's definitely like voting down ballot for the people who are really looking after like the local issues, because mm-hmm. the beast lives in the local woods, so the preservation and you know maintenance of of uh, you know, local nature is going to be, I think, one of the top uh, concerns for the beast. Yep. I think yeah. that's probably what it would be. Um, um, does the beast d- get proper enrichment, uh, fed and happy living near the road? I'm going to say sure. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that the they car is great, like a fun, a fun thing to play with, you know? Yeah. So yes. As for zoomies, I don't know. I feel like the beast has more of a, a chill vibe is what I'm getting, but um, I could be wrong. Um, well, I think maybe not. Because hmm. there are a lot of reports of like people seeing the beast and then the beast like running off, so maybe it's less the zoomies and more like you know when you're um like when you're playing with like a dog and the dog like picks up a toy and then you're like oh do you want to play with the toy and then the dog's like we're playing keep away and then like sort of demands to play chase mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a subset of like the zoomies so I feel like maybe like that vibe yeah yeah I can see that agreed. Mm-hmm. And then a question from Ben that I'm having difficulty passing. Ben says, further to that, do all roads get beasts? And if not, how dare they? Ben, did you send a first message that we didn't get? Or maybe Ben is further to building on one of the previous questions, but I don't see how it follows on. Well, it might be from Luke's question about roads. Yeah. Abbey Road and 
Grey Road. So maybe do all roads get beasts? Right, but and if who's, not, how who, dare they? Who's they and how dare who's they? Who's the? Yeah, yeah, I I agree. This is incomprehensible, Ben. Like the 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 Beast Road Authority. Yes. I don't know. I I I I'm just gonna assume. I I don't think every road gets a beast. Um, no. I think there are a lot of roads in the world. That would be a lot of beasts. We'd notice mm-hmm. them. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like I don't know, I feel like. Every once in a while, you hit a special road that is is like inhabited by beasts. But like, well, I also I think that service that roads. If, yeah, but if we demanded that each road had a beast, I think that that would be like forcing a lot of beasts into situations that they don't want to be in. Like maybe some beasts want a bit of notoriety; they want people to know where they're at. But some just want to like live in a cave and like not mm-hmm. have like a presence mm-hmm. right and if we were to be like no you have to have a road that's not how that beast wants to live the beast just wants to do its own thing right i think i think my answer to this question is the second part of this question was how dare they i think they here i'm interpreting as relating to some kind of hypothetical organization who is responsible for like distributing beasts among roads mm-hmm. um and i think my my read on this question my answer is actually that how dare they doesn't count because i think the they doesn't exist there is no like organizing body for beasts and roads also i think if there was an organizing body for beasts that it would be like a very consensus driven like non-hierarchical sort of like mm-hmm. community structure right and so there wouldn't be anybody to do like the assigning right because there's no there's no like hierarchy of like someone telling other beasts what to do. So that's just not the vibe. I am EHM. I don't know if I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. but um, they say, would the beast hold my hand platonically if I asked? If yes, would the beast have a nice hand in brackets paw to hold, or would anything get in the way? Uh, well, to answer the second part of that question, there are some reports of it having like really big claws. Um, and I think the big thing is that even when there's not claws, that there's like a very big situation. uh So I wonder if maybe it would not be about the beast holding your hand, but you holding the beast's hand, you know, because maybe Uh you could like hold on to like one of the fingers Uh and then you could also be determining like this, the safety of it, you know? Right. And if there were claws, then I'm sure some kind of mitten situation could be, like, figured out. Yeah. yeah. I think the beast would probably hold your hand platonically. I think I think I agree with that, yeah. And then Katie asks, are there other beasts on other Bray Roads, like the one in Liverpool, and are they pals? I, th- I like to think that there's, like, a group chat of um, various Bray Road beasts. I wonder if all of the all of the Bray Roads are like inter- interconnected dimensionally, and actually there's just one beast. <gasps> and it's the, the Bray same Roads. beast. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I love that. I mean, earlier we did talk about the power of different places having the same name, right? Um, and maybe like manifesting the same the same you know creatures. So right. uh, again, it's like another interdimensional so, okay, so, nexus. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. I th- I think that that's that like when you name a place Bray Road, it it manifests that the 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 portal for which the beast can travel through. Mm-hmm. So are they pals? Uh, I mean, as long as the beast has like self love, then yeah. Yeah, I think so. There we go. That's it for that's it for questions. These are good questions. They are good questions. Thanks, everyone. Uh, this was um, a really good crop. 
If anybody wants to send us questions, we usually post on social media uh, a little bit before we record, or you can just send us messages whenever. Like, we'll get them. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter at CryptidZone. Yes, and Instagram as well. We have our Discord server, um, which we will link when this episode comes out. You can join. Like, we have a CryptidZone channel in that that we post like a call for questions to that a bunch of people got back to us on. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at KnifeWitch. Lois, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at um, uh, SupitsLois, which is S-U-P-I-T-S-L-O-I-S. And that's it. That's where we're there at. all the time. Where we're at on the internet. Yeah. Hey, Lois. Mm-hmm. Would you date the Beast of Bray Road? Um... Like I, th- I think I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like know, like how serious or long lasting it would be. Right. I feel like you we've know? definitely talked about like we as an audience already know well your feelings on packs of werewolves. We've been there. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like mm-hmm. we've got our answer already. And again, I agree with you. I feel like I, I. I date beasts of Bray Road, but in not in like a not in like mm-hmm. a serious long term way, just in like a kind of fun casual way. Yeah, I feel like it's got an energy where the beast would be f- like someone who would be like fun to go on dates with to like do stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, where if there was like a cool thing happening in town, like the beast would definitely be down to like go check it out. Mm-hmm. But but maybe it's not like a long term thing. Yeah, there we go. But like it ends okay. You know, right, right, right. Yeah, it's you know? not acrimonious. You split it's just like chill. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did it. We did. Go team. <gasps> Go team. Um, thank you for listening to us, friends. Yeah, it's been fun. Until next time, we love you. We hope you have a great yeah have, month and have a great period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that you get to see some nice dogs. I, I hope that for you. Farewell. <gasps> All right. Bye. <laughs>